Is it in? It be in, dude. It's in as hell, dog. Nice. It's in. Reporting live from Hetty Green Terrace. This is Justin Thompson on the scene with my correspondent. I'm also on the scene. You know, the scene. <laughs> He's on the scene. He's in the scene. I'm in the scene and on the scene. I'm on Long Island. <laughs> He's around Long Island. Yeah, yeah. So uh, speaking of Long Island, we saw Tool this week. Oh my God! Huge news in the Hetty Green oh universe. Oh my God! So uh. yeah. So guys, we saw Tool. Um, Did we tell you guys that we saw Tool? Uh, yeah. You want to know how good it was? Uh, Justin, ask me about the band Fish. Hey Nick, what do you think about the band Fish? Wait, what like what you like salmon? <laughs> like tuna fish? Like I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. What do you think about what do you think about tuna fish, Nick? It's all right, but it's like definitely not as good as like the fucking Tool concert oh I saw god. on Long Island. Uh, oh my god, jeez! Worth it, worth the drive out to Long Island. Absolutely. They played like every song that I skip. They played all their like I would call the boring songs, and it was still just like twenty out of ten greatest concert I've ever seen in my entire goddamn life. It was one of the most expensive concert tickets I've ever paid, and yet it was still a deal. You know, I yeah. got so much value per song. Each we song, were talking about this earlier today. How do you put a dollar amount on every song you like sell? Like 40 to 60 bucks per song at a Tool show. Easy. Of course, it's the Fear Inoculum Tour, so they're playing mostly stuff from the new album. Mm-hmm. Don't mind. And how, how? try this one on for size. They wrote an album called Fear Inoculum in 2019. And the first song on it's called Fear Inoculum. The lyrics are blessed this immunity. I mean, they knew everything that was coming. These guys are just yeah. fucking geniuses. Just that man. ahead of the curve. You know, you know um, Tool fans, you know, have this reputation for being obnoxious and pretentious. And God damn it, I'm mad because they're right. It's such a good band. It's yeah, such a good live show. It really is. Just like I, I couldn't even tell you if I like this band or not, guys. Like, I don't really have a choice in the matter. They just come out on stage and they're just like, we're fucking awesome. And it's like, yeah, yeah you are. Here we are. Here it is. No pandering, no fan service. Well, maybe a little, but just like very much. This is what we decided to do. Take it or leave it. Trippy and visuals. it's pretty incredible. Yeah. Amazing spectacle of a show. A really interesting, huge stage setup. Tons of lights, excellent projections and visuals. Yeah. You know, every song takes you on a journey. Yeah, you know, I, like I've been into fish. I've seen a lot of fish shows, and I'm still going to enjoy fish. But I know there's like too many hot girls for fish to be like the greatest band of all time. You know, like too many hot girls at fish shows. Like this, this, like you know, I like how Tool is kind of like it's like a band that scares girls away. Like I like bands that are just like like when like a girl asks me like what are you into like I like Tool and Primus, and then they're like, well, all right, just like yeah, you better get out of here, <laughs> you know? Just yeah, like, calm down, dude. That's it, a little much, a little it, much right now. <laughs> it's just like you're not in it for the chicks. No, and no. trust me, when the show was over and they turned on the house lights and it got extra bright, you're like, oh, we got to get out of here. I don't want to see any of these people. Yeah, yeah. I don't know something about like bands like that. That's like kind of this shield from the universe you know it's just like this whole other world it's where like, it's just like you know all that really matters is that music and of course you know you get that with it's a band where we don't even appreciate like how huge they are but they're also not big enough at the same time yeah i was like saying like none of their songs are very accessible in terms of lyrics or hooks or anything a lot of them are like 10 to 15 minutes long big arrangements and yet they're playing arenas uh-huh. and it's just primus, so weird and Pri- interesting and primus is playing like theaters still they probably have more radio hits yeah, than tool does but tools like you know very similar to fish where but they yeah, don't really tool, have like a I song saw on primus the radio. a few months ago and i saw tool last week tools show is huge it's such a bigger yeah it's, it's another it's a level huge thing and danny uh, carries uh He's like a damn superhero up there. He's like <laughs> six foot nine inches, you know, and yeah. just like 200 something pounds. Is I could sit there and learn all the parts to every Tool song, note for note. And, but you're, and you are. I'm trying. Um, <laughs> and it's just not going to sound as cool because I'm not six foot nine inches and just like Hammer of Thor. Just the way he hits those drums <laughs> is like. <laughs> and like, it's just so cool every time. He's got a double kick pedal, but he doesn't play like blast beats. It's all just like super tasteful. Mm-hmm. Their bass player is kind of out front, closest to the audience, and melodically kind of the leader of what's happening. 
Yeah, I like that Maynard's like kind of behind yeah, the, everyone. The singer the singer's Maynard. all the way in the back. He's in the back. He's beside the drum set. He's to the left. He's the right. He's kind of moving all around between song to song. He climbs down behind the stage several times, and you're like, where is he? Playing Jenga behind the drummer, apparently. Yeah, so there was a reason that I, I wanted to bring up Tool today. Yeah, and why is that? It's going to be... Uh, here, I'm, I'm going to play it. This is... This is a line from the song Stink Fist, and I want you I want you to listen to this. All right. All right. Stink Fist is the first song of their off their album Anima, which by the way, if you ever want like a cheap date, just invite them over. The album of Anima, it syncs up perfectly with the nightmare before Christmas. Yes. So, you know, get some candles, get some oil. Actually the album's longer than the movie. Yeah, yeah. Get some chocolates, dim the lights, put on Anima, Nightmare Before Christmas. Nightmare Hardy before Stinkfist. Yes, yeah, <laughs> red wine. Nightmare before Stinkfist. If they're not melting in your mouth, like by the end of that, like hit the road, Jack. Dude, you're gonna get it. The girl of every hot the, topic employee. He's dreams. Pumpkin king. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's the line from uh, Stinkfist that I want everybody to hear. Did you hear that? The Simpsons yeah. taught you everything. That's right. Yeah. Wow, dude. The Simpsons what? taught you everything. What a coincidence, man. That's crazy. <laughs> That's. I mean, like, like if these guys aren't cool enough, like they know what's up. They know what's up, and so do we. Hi. So, uh, if we haven't said already, welcome to Hetty Green Terrace. Hey, dude. hey, I'm Nick. Hey, I'm Justin, and we're just really excited about Tool, but we swear this is a show about the Simpsons. Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't worry. I'm gonna. I'm going to reel it in. All right. Just like five more minutes. If you're not in, we're going to talk about tool for the next five minutes. So if you're not into it, you can skip that far ahead. And then we'll start talking about this week's episode of the Simpsons. Yeah. Yeah. I get to, um, however long Numa is, that's when we're going to start talking about, uh, <laughs> the actual Simpsons show that we we're here to talk about. But yeah, tools, pretty great band. It's crazy. Cause I've been listening to that band for like what? 20 years. And then I'm not, just caught my first show. It was your second time seeing them. And truly, they're at this point in the career where the stage show has to be at its peak, you know, where they've just reached a level of artistry. Just every point in the show feels so specific and purposeful. And the visuals for every song takes you on such a interesting journey with light and color projected everywhere. And at one point in the show, they have what looks like hologram confetti coming down. But you said, you know... It's like, what, what are they doing? There was confetti coming down, and apparently the pieces of confetti, you could collect them and they <laughs> turn into a poster, but th- it was coming off the ceiling, and there must have been a vacuum on the stage yeah, because yeah. we were on the floor, and none of the confetti fell on us. Yeah, man. I don't know. It was such an experience. Uh, it really was. You know, um, it's kind of like seeing a Broadway show, you know? Absolutely, because the vibe isn't like a party vibe, like a concert. And it's not like a headbanging mosh pit vibe of a concert. Right. There were like it's times like where... you're sitting and watching a high level of art where music and visual art is taken to another level. Yeah, there were times where like I looked around at the audience and lock eyes with people. But the show's really up on the stage, you know? Yeah, and it's all over the stage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fucking Danny carries such a beast on those drums. It's really something to see. I would hasten to say that you don't even have to like any other songs to go to their show. You didn't like any of those songs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't. <laughs> but I like the way that Tool sounds, you know, like... <laughs> yeah, yeah, when they're just like... Yeah. Those big, like, chuggy riffs, really rhythmic... Yeah, and the guitar playing, it's like he just has such a cool sounding tone and the stuff he plays. Is, it's like not the, the craziest stuff on guitar technically, but he does his own thing and has such a cool style that he's built. Yeah. And of course, with the bass, he doesn't play it like a traditional bass player. He's creating really interesting, you know, melodic lines. They're playing with all these time signatures. I say each song, it's like watching a puzzle kind of come apart and back together or like a clock. Or It's all tight and fitting and interesting but and what, it, what it comes together to make is beyond what each part is and it's equal parts simple and complicated mm-hmm. like in a lot of ways like everything that they play is you can kind of figure it out mm-hmm. but it's just like the time signatures and switching meters and all that stuff it's just super weird and you know i'd say it at times it sounds like lightning striking 
like the boulders and in the ocean mm-hmm. and then there's times where it just sounds like cavemen banging on like logs and shit mm-hmm. yeah or then, really like, primal times, about it's it like you know just like taking an axe to like a hunk of meat just like yeah anyway uh the way we was is the episode that we chose for this week all right but before we get into that i just want to say real quick tool concert five donuts uh five donuts uh right what flavor uh <laughs> um hmm that's a i don't know man i, I can't even i'd say i'm gonna give it 4.6 and two donuts nice and they're uh satan cookie donuts <laughs> yeah, yeah it's amazing satan flavored donuts but this week we're here <laughs> to talk about the way we was. Uh, you know, like that uh, Satan uh, cookie recipe. It's like in German, that, that part. No, no. Like, you know, the meat substitute. Oh, Satan. <laughs> no. Yeah, no. The, the, yeah. This, uh, the way we was <laughs> is... Um, did, 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 hold on. Did we time that out right? Was that about five more minutes of... I've been listening to Numa the whole time. We're, we're right on schedule. All right. Uh, so this week, season two, episode twelve. It aired January thirty first, nineteen ninety one. This episode was directed by David Silverman and written by Al Jean, Mike Reese, and Sam Simon. Interesting assortment of credits on this one because Sam Simon co-created the show. Well, Matt Groening co-created the show with James L. Brooks and Sam Simon, and Al Jean and Mike Reese who wrote this episode with sam simon would later to go on become showrunners themselves imagine being both a writer for the simpsons and simon and garfunkel <laughs> i mean like yeah wow. <laughs> simon says yeah me and bart down by the schoolyard man <laughs> <laughs> he's got donuts on the soles of his shoes man yeah yeah and uh <laughs> Imagine writing The Simpsons and also being a Reese's peanut butter cup. All right. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, what I was saying, the show um, was outside. Besides graining, James Elbrook and Sam Simon were the other co-creators of the show. The three of them being the showrunners for the first two seasons. And later, Algene and Mike Reese taking over season two and three. And then... Algin coming back later. Anyway, so the title is a reference to the 1973 film The Way We Were, starring Barbara Streisand and Robert Redford, which was directed by Sidney Pollack. This episode features guest appearances from John Lovitz as Artie Ziff. And we got some interesting characters that make the first appearance. This is season two. So for the first time, we see Wise Guy, also known as Raphael, Artie Ziff, Rainier Wolfcastle. Principal Don DeLinger and Marge's father all uh, show up in this episode for the first time. Oh, this is the first time we hear of McBain and Rainier Wolfcastle in that's this episode? Right. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. Anyone taking notes at home, that's pretty cool. I mean, John Lovitz, we all knew that. We all knew that. Right? It's funny. John Lovitz. Wait, did we do another episode that John Lovitz was a guest voiced on already? Um, I think. I think The so. art teacher. Yeah, he's the art teacher. But that's also season two. I guess it's later in season two. Mm-hmm. So John um, Lovitz yeah. in Brush with Greatness, we covered that. And we, which I, is went, also- I went and, you know, I've been, uh, as you all know, I, I live and bleed for this sh- podcast over here. I've been watching a lot of Simpsons lately um, and whatever free time I have. I like that you were talking the other day about how you're watching like seasons like... 14 15 to figure yeah, out if it, to figure out if they're worth your time I, I, sh- sh- matt if you're listening i love it all man <laughs> and i'm like you're you're spending your time on it to figure out if it's worth your time <laughs> so i've been bouncing around because there's episodes of the show i have i have a simpsons podcast and there's still episodes of the show that i haven't seen because there's 30 seasons and a lot of it just kind of anyone will agree you know it's seasons three through nine really that it's just like peak golden era mm-hmm. and everything else you can find a diamond in the rough every now and then so that so i'll try to do that on my own rather than like google it but anyway oh I, wait well sorry go on i happened to stumble upon kind of accidentally several episodes 
with Artie Ziff in them. Mm-hmm. He comes back a few times in the later seasons, and in one of the episodes, he ends up banging Selma, Weird. Marge's sister. I felt good for him, you know? Like he I had, know. He had this crush I on know. Marge, so oh, he's always been obsessed with Marge. That's the running gag. His whole thing, He's he still is not over Marge. So... You know, he gets to sleep with her sister. That's, like, not bad, you know? I know. Yeah, that's a close consolation for us. Listen, Nick, I know, okay? Hey, Nick. What, you've been there? <laughs> I know, man. You're asking me if I know. I'm telling you, guess so what? So I saw, I saw that. I know. And, you know, you know. We Artie Ziff is a recurring character, not necessarily always voiced by John we, Lovitz. Well, there was one episode in season four where he comes in for a brief second, and he's not voiced by John Lovitz. This is also the first flashback episode. We've covered multiple flashbacks. Hold on. Back up. I got to say, if this is your first time listening to the show, this is Hedy Green Terrace. Each week on the show, we dissect a separate episode of The Simpsons. We don't necessarily go in order. We decided not to try and do chronological. If you want to write in and suggest an episode, you can hit us up at hedygreenterrace at gmail.com. Or you can just come talk to me. You know where to come find me. You know where to come y'all, find Nick. Y'all know me. Know what I do for a living. <laughs> <laughs> I'll catch your fish. So this episode debuted in January 31st, 1991. The chalkboard gag says, I will not get very far with this attitude. And the couch gag, the family sits on the couch and it falls to the floor. It's the same one as the last episode we covered. Yeah, we're always finding threads between episodes. So sometimes the couch gags will repeat. Yeah, oftentimes. The couch gags, I will say, you want to go, if you want to dive into like later seasons, it's worth just kind of snooping through the couch gags, man. They can get really cool. They've had guest artists do different couch gags for them. They can be pretty elaborate. Like Banksy did the couch gag. You can look that up. Don Hertzfeld had a really interesting one as well. That's another great animator. You should check out his. Dude, <gasps> Tool did this couch gag. The band just sat down in front of the stage for like two and a half hours. And my and my uh, spirit fell through the floor, man. <laughs> Danny like got behind that drum tone and it was like... And if you haven't listened to any Tool, just watch the video of Danny playing Numa on the drums. And think of me when you watch it. Think of Nick. Think of little baby Nick. So it's the same couch gag as the last episode we covered. Man, that's wild, dude. This episode begins, opens with the family on the couch watching TV. They're watching Yakking About the Movies, <laughs> which is kind of a parody of Siskel and Ebert and the movies. They're talking about the McBain clip. And also, there's this thing where they did from the second to the fourth season, there's a McBain movie that takes place across several episodes. Yeah. Yeah, so it's worth mentioning that we see the start of that here. And I've got a list of the episodes that feature the McBain clips. So if you watch these six episodes, each of those clips forms a full little story for McBain. The first thing we see is like the police commissioner saying... He's yelling at McBain. The chief, he's like, McBain's been like killing this guy's right-hand men or something. Mm -hmm. McBain figures out that the chiefs also end with him and just like picks him up and throws him out the window and kills him. Yeah, the critic calls it a plate glass window splatter fest. And then the chief is yelling at McBain saying, Senator Mendoza is one of the most respected citizens in the state, McBain. And yet you ran his limo off a cliff, broke the necks of three of his bodyguards and drove a bus through his front door. Right. So McBain realizes the chief's in bed with the, the enemy anyway, so he's, or a captain. Yeah, the captain. And then the captain says, you're out of here, McBain. And, and then McBain that makes two of us. And he throws him out of the window. <laughs> and the family on the couch is like, all right, McBain. <laughs> and then the critics are disagreeing. One says it's a, <laughs> he says it's a, another shoot em up, you know, movie. And then the other critic is saying, are we talking about the same movie? I thought it was a nonstop roller coaster. <laughs> and then <laughs> they're yelling at each other. And Homer says, I love watching the bar guard argue with the fat top of lard. <laughs> are you nuts? That movie stinks like your creepy one bedroom apartment. Your mother didn't think it was so creepy. Jeez. <laughs> so other episodes that feature the McBain clips, we got Oh Brother Were Art Thou from season two. Then we have War of the Simpsons, also in season two, Saturdays of Thunder, 
jumping to season three, and then finally last exit to Springfield in season four. So they're watching TV, and all of a sudden, static. The TV stops working. Homer tries to fix it. Homer does the dad thing, smacks the TV on the side, which... Time for Dr. TV to perform a little surgery and just hits the TV. (laughs) Yeah, which I I had to do that the other day. For those of you that were like born in like the year 2000, we used to have to bang on our appliances to get them to work. And it would somehow miraculously help. Remember when like a N64 game wouldn't work and you'd like, first you'd blow in it. And then <laughs> if that didn't work, you just slam it in the thing really hard. Like, all right, I guess yeah. you got to really get it wedged yeah, in there. Yeah, and then, you know, the the picture's flickering on your TV, so the cable's wiggling in the back. You stick it in there, and you whack it on the side. I miss the good old days when hitting things would get would get things done, you know? <laughs> now I just hit my kids, and they just <laughs> cry. Jeez. <laughs> Don't worry, guys. Justin doesn't have any kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How am I supposed to raise a child? I don't even like raising my voice. Ah, <laughs> uh, Mr. Comedian over here. Yeah. So I found myself slapping a flat screen TV the other day to try and fix the picture. It's not going to do anything. It didn't work. No. And this is damn Amazon Fire TVs. Thanks a lot, Bezos. Yeah. Thanks for all the boxes. Yeah. Thanks for getting everything here in less than 24 hours. Honestly, it's too fast. I wish I could... Give me free, like, two-week shipping. You know, that's good enough for me. I want the guy to not have to piss in a bottle to bring it to me, you know? Like, take your time, buddy. It's okay. And you think that that's what it is? Yeah, man. It's just, like, the, the pressures of those jobs, man. And it's like, all right. Yeah. Well, you when know. You get, like, the thing. Until those guys get a union. Speaking of last exit to Springfield. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll bring that up. Oh, yeah. We have a hotline now, guys. Oh, my God. That's right. We have a Hedy Green Terrace hotline for all of your voicemail leaving needs. You can call in to our hotline and just record a voicemail talking about your favorite Simpsons episode, your favorite Simpsons character. I mean, if you really want to get bonus points, you'll drop an impression of your favorite character. Yeah, you could do your favorite Simpsons moment, your favorite Simpsons line. Mm-hmm. You know, something about the Simpsons. Even if it's like just like a life story, like, you know. Or if you just, again, you know, we usually do the listener Q&A at the end of the show. If you want to just drop a cue for me and Nick, we'll probably put that on too. Yeah, we've just had an outpouring of fans reaching out and wanting to know how they can be a part of the show. So me and Nick are nice guys. We opened up the Head to Green hotline. Nick, you ready to read that number out together in unison? Because um, I'm not. All right, <laughs> I, got, I got it. All right, hold on, hold on. One, two, two. Hold on, no, wait, that's going to confuse them. All right. Five, one, six, nine, three, nine, four, six, two, nine. I don't know if that made it any easier for the year. Five, one, six, nine, three, nine, four, six, two, nine. Write it's that a- down. Give us a call. Put it on your fridge. <laughs> you can list us as your emergency contact. I don't advise it. We're probably not going to answer, but drop a voicemail in there and you just might hear yourself on next week's show. So Homer can't fix the TV. And he smacks it on the side and he makes it worse. I actually love this part. This is like some of the coolest animation in this episode, especially for season two. Just the way the TV statics and the lines kind of go through it with the picture being messed up. And then when he hits it, pops and there's these colorful shapes it's just a cool looking little animated sequence uh, yeah so agreed i love that and then it becomes a l- tiny little dot on the screen and they're like if you look real close you can kind of make them out <laughs> and isn't this like how the other this is how the other flashback episode yeah. began they're yeah, watching like- night vote and then they like take out a family photo album and they're like have a photo of them watching night vote <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so this flashback episode starts the way the other flashback episode that we read started. And Homer's just saying, oh, how I miss TV. Dear God, just give me one channel. And Marge tells the family, you know, before we got married, we hardly ever watched television. We used to shoot pool and go dancing. A lot of times we'd stay at home and just talk like this. Lisa wants to ask them questions just about their life. Yeah, uh, she's, First she asked them, how did dad propose to you? And, and Marge has the flashback in her head and it's them sitting at... Uh, yeah, you see Dr. Hibbert's office back in the day. and Well, in the flashback, Hibbert's got a big afro. Every time we cut mm-hmm. to a flashback of him, he He's has got a different, a different hair. hair. Homer is a little... We see a younger Homer later, but we kind of get a nice, like, 
late 20s, early 30s Homer with his hair shorter. And um, Hibbert says, Miss Bouvier, I think we found the reason you've been throwing up in the morning. Congratulations. <laughs> Do Yeah. So that's how Homer proposed to March. So <laughs> and then they decide to tell the kids about yeah, how, how they, they met. first met instead and how they fell in love when they were when they were younger and they're in high school. I think this is why we picked this episode. Yeah. Because it's a nice foundational episode. Season two, going back and getting a nice story about how Homer and Marge met. They were seniors in high school, but they didn't know each other. We see young Homer. He's thinner. He's got a big shaggy. It's 1974. So he's got this nice shaggy 70s haircut. Yeah. He's driving around on the radio. He's playing. They long to be close to you by the Carpenters. I didn't know that's the name of that song. Why uh, do that's birds why I, sir, I thought called Why Do Birds Suddenly Appear? I know. It's, it, day lo- it's called They Long to Be. Close to you in parentheses. And then Homer goes, oh, gross, changes the radio station, and then it's The Joker by Steve Miller Band. Wait, so the... <laughs> I guess I Wait, did. you're still tripped up by the name of the song? It's because They Long to Be Close to You? Yeah. They Long to Be... Well... If you're like into birds, that's cool. But birds freak me out. So if I saw someone and there were like a bunch of birds around them, I'd be like, uh, I'm going to go. So Kevin in Home Alone 2, you get it. That lady's scary. Yeah. <laughs> the bird lady? <laughs> yeah, I just recently watched Home Alone 2. It's fantastic, actually. Really? It's basically like the same exact movie, just in New York City and like a little bit bigger of a budget. Yeah, it's a little more fun with him in the hotel and then... They mm. just give him that old apartment, that old condemned like building <laughs> yeah, to like see. destroy them in. It's like, oh, well, he doesn't have a house. So like they conveniently have that. Yeah. And it has all these tools and They're falling through the floor. Yeah. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. And then they kind of do the same thing with the where it's like the old guy at the church looks creepy in the first movie, but it's really nice. And this, you know, there's the lady in the park. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's the same exact movie. It's the exact same movie just in New York. I wish more sequels got away with that. It's kind of like a band going on tour. Just like, we're going to do the same thing, just like a little better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to New York. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway. (laughs) Homer's driving around, rocking along to the Joker. He's singing along. (laughs) We were talking about this before. I never really liked that song. Yeah, some people call me the Space Cowboy. I mean, and then that wow, wow guitar. All right, that's cool. But overall, just the chorus is kind of... Yeah. And Pompadus of Love, what the hell is that even about? Yeah, it's just kind of hokey. Not my favorite to go on the radio. Like, I'll yeah, hear yeah. it on the radio, you know? Well, it's such, such a dad rock song. So it's kind of perfect for Homer to sing in this dad flashback. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Homer gets detention for smoking in the bathroom at school, Barney. And Marge ends up getting detention. She's part of this uh, protest standing up for women's rights. Mm-hmm. And she burns a bra yeah this protest she gets into it really quickly like calling them uh shackles we see uh marge in 1974 she's got her hair down and she's got like a different shirt on that's like uh, red and blue or orange and blue i think her friend's talking to her about the gender pay gap and hands her an issue of miss magazine and it's the special pms issue and i read some of the the headlines from the cover hating and dating do they mix 25 reasons not to shave your armpits must we be childless and free? And then there's the last one that says, why all men? A, blank, 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 D. So I guess that one says, are bad. And then immediately Marge is on the street or Marge is outside the school with a megaphone yelling about the oppression of women. Then she burns her bra. What did you say she calls it? Shackles. The shackles uh, from... Something. Yeah, ma- the male opposed shackles. She burns her bra. Hang on, I can pull it up right here. Uh... Marge says, in an article, I found that to hire professionals to do the jobs of the housewife would cost $48,000 a year. And it's just the first step to liberation is to free ourselves from these male-imposed shackles and burns her bra. (laughs) She was getting into some stuff. She's on her uh, loudspeaker. She's getting this crowd all riled up. And Principal Dondelinger, he he says, Mrs. Bouvier, I'm surprised. Miss Bouvier, I'm surprised, because mm-hmm. Marge is a really good student, but, right? But she's, uh, you know, standing up for. Well, when he rights. sends Homer and Barney to detention, he's like, they're the Springfield's version of Cheech and Chong, and mm-hmm. he sends them in detention. He says, "You know when and where?" And they're like, three o'clock, old building, room one hundred six. And then when he gets to Marge, 
he's surprised, but he says, detention, you know where to go. Mm-hmm. And she says, no, I don't. And he's like, three o'clock, old building, room 106. It's a cool backstory on Marge. We already knew she was an artist. Uh, if you're if you're just following Hetty Green Terrace and the, the arc of this show, she stands up for what she believes in. She's uh, got that free willed activist spirit. She's a groovy chick, man. Yeah, she's badass. So they graduated high school in 1974, huh? That's where Homer and Marge meet, and that's when the birds suddenly, <laughs> yeah, they long to be is the name of the song. Yeah, when Homer's sitting in detention, she walks in that song starts playing and then the, it gets kind of bright and pink. The background changes colors. It looks really cool there too. Barney starts to introduce himself to ask her out to prom. And then Homer's like, no, she's mine. And then he goes over to talk to Marge. And he asks what she's in for. She says, I'm a political prisoner. Last time I ever take a stand. Homer <laughs> says, well, I'm here for being me. Every day I show up and act like me and they throw me in here. <laughs> He's having this conversation with Marge and the guy running detention tells him Simpson, be quiet. Still haven't seen you in school before. Okay. Simpson, what you just bought yourself another day of the tension. And then Homer says, maybe we should go together sometime. Two days. I'm sorry. I don't even know your name. Three days. I'm Homer. Four days. Jay, five days. Simpson. It was worth it. Six days. Okay. Simpson to the back of the room. And that's the, <laughs> and that's the bit. That's and the he bit. says that's how Homer it. meets Marge. Yeah, they mean the tension. That's so cute. <laughs> and he gets six days detention just having a, his very first conversation with her. It was worth it. Yeah, that's amazing. And dude, imagine if they didn't meet. You we, know, if her friend hadn't we, handed her that Miss magazine, we wouldn't have this show, man. You know. Wow, what are the odds, man? <laughs> yeah. So thanks for meeting up, guys. <laughs> yeah, we're all pretty lucky. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to take a break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll be right back. All right. Later, homies. I don't even take names. I'm so focused on kicking ass. So um, I want to replay this line. She says, the Simpsons taught you everything in this Listen closely. The Simpsons taught you everything. Yeah. I don't even know what the rest of that song's about, but he's speaking clear as day right there. <laughs> that's like, that's what he says. Yeah, yeah. Pretty wild. Pretty wild. Yeah. And just like that. <laughs> that's how cool those guys are. Uh-huh. Why do birds suddenly appear? Every time Tool is near. (laughs) (laughs) So Elmer and Marge met at detention. Uh And and then then Homer's trying to figure out ways to get Marge to like Mm -hmm. him. He's he's eating dinner with grandpa and young grandpa, younger grandpa. He's like middle-aged here instead of being super old. He's got brown hair, still pretty wrinkly, and he's kind of mean. Grandpa asks him what's going on. He tells him he's in love. And Grandpa asks him to get him a beer. Tells him that uh, that Marge is real cute. And he says, son, don't overreach. Go for the dented car, the dead end job, the less attractive girl. <laughs> yeah, not really great advice. Grandpa's <laughs> kind of shitty here. <laughs> He's yeah. way cooler when he gets old and it's just weird. Well, you see, I guess a lot of the frustrating things about Homer are, are kind of you know, the fact that he didn't really have a very strong upbringing. Uh-huh. Both Marge's parents are still together in this episode. We see Marge's dad in this episode. She came from a bit more of a tight-knit family. She had her two siblings. Twin you know, sisters, Homer Patty was, was like a, an only... Well, no, Homer has his brother Herb. Actually. Oh, yeah. Unky Herb. Unky Herb. But, yeah, Homer didn't have this... So, yeah, he didn't have this... He kind of had to raise himself in a lot of ways. Right. I guess I never really thought about that, but that is kind of in the back of your, if you're following the show and everything, you know, and then I guess, it, it, you know, you guess, it you kind know, of ma- it, it, I don't it, guess. Do I know? Or do I guess Nick, which it, is it? it? It makes it somewhat acceptable that they're not very nice to grandpa. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> grandpa wasn't really that great of a dad. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Nick, and that's like another part of the show. Damn it, Nick. That's why you're my co-host, man. That's the kind of analysis. 
<laughs> that we're proud to bring up here on Hetty Green Terrace. <laughs> yeah, it's okay they're mean to Grandpa. He sucks. <laughs> He's a terrible father. <laughs> oh, so Homer goes to the guidance counselor. He says he met this girl and he wants to force her to like me. And I guess it's also <laughs> like the first time Homer's gone to the guidance counselor and he's a senior. <laughs> That's not exactly the type of guidance I give. <laughs> the only advice I could give you is try to share common interest and spend, spend, spend. He says that she's active in the forensics team. But then he says, Homer, do you have any plans for after graduation? He says, me? I'm going to drink a lot of beer and stay up all night. <laughs> <laughs> he knows what he wants, man. He knows what he's about. What a king. And that's when the guidance counselor hands him, him a pamphlet for the nuclear power plant. <laughs> yeah. Tells him to get a job at the nuclear power plant. And then he like throws the pamphlet he away. He says, me in a nuclear power plant. Kaboom. <laughs> and he throws the, the pamphlet in the garbage. Yeah. Next, Marge is giving a presentation in a forensics class, right? Mm-hmm. And then Artie Ziff is there. Does Homer just try and come in to he, hang out with her? He joins the debate team. That's right. And then I ask him if uh, the speed limit should be lowered to 55 miles per hour. Sure, we'll save a few lives, but millions will be late. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Really, like this this whole thing, you know, Homer joining the debate team, we can just kind of, he, um, they ask him for his rebuttal, uh, and, he, and, he, and he's, he says, gladly, and he just turns around, and he, and he moons everybody, and, <laughs> yeah, and then, is this when Pick Up the Pieces plays? Yeah, 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 he's studying, and Pick Up the Pieces is playing, by the average white band. Yeah, great song. My jazz band in high school covered it, so this is a perfect like high school song for me, too. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. It's a great high school jazz band song. Yeah, and then later about it, Homer says, I'm Homer Simpson. I'm mooned for rebuttal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, this episode's like kind of funny. More heartwarming and sweet than funny. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's an important one. You need to watch this episode. Yeah, it's, uh, it's again, Homer you Marge gotta, origin story. You have to watch this one. And also, you see high school Barney is a little smarter, you know, a little more able to speak coherently. Right. Beer has really ruined his life, and it, somehow it's hilarious. Yeah, years of alcohol and being Barney. Being Barney. But Homer's best friend, and they've been best friends from high school. Him and Marge have been together since high school. And he's trying to convince her to go out with him. He's like, I've got references. He's like, ask the coach, ask the stop teacher, ask Barney. Yeah, and then Homer, Homer asks Marge just out, not not for, not to be his prom date, right? He, he just, just asks her out, and she says she doesn't have time because she's busy with school. She's got her forensics was like a forensics team or forensics. Final. Yeah, there's a forensics final coming forensics up. Forensics final, and she says she tutors French, uh, and and Homer says, "Wow, I actually." need a french tutor even what though a homer, homer isn't in a french class and go uh, figure because all, all the smart kids took french yeah <laughs> fucking assholes yeah i never learned french <laughs> i mean i took spanish and i never learned that either but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah i took spanish and italian oh nice yeah what do you what do you remember more of je n'ai pas nick <laughs> you aced it, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man, you speak Spanish so well. Come ceviche. <laughs> I eat ceviche. That's just me combining Spanish, Italian, and French in one. Yeah. <laughs> nice. So I wish this what a coincidence. And then at some point, he, he's yelling at Bart, and he says, Pay attention. You might be telling this to your own son one day if something breaks. <laughs> Another funny moment. Homer's brushing his hair and he's like, oh, lost a few hairs on the brush. <laughs> he's like, got plenty. Of, what's he say? Do you uh, remember this part? Man. I don't know, man. You know. I know. Ooh, lost a few. You made it. Well, there's plenty more where that came from. <laughs> 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 oh, and then he says, uh-oh, is it no problemo? And he, oh, what does he put on? Like some makeup or something? 
perfect crime. And then he's listening to this song, and it goes, Don't be a baby lady. Just be a lady, baby. And it sounds like, you know, a song that was played on the radio, and it's actually, it was just a song that was just written for The Simpsons. Yeah, it's hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) Don't be a baby lady, just be a lady baby. Yeah, and then she comes in, and she's like, Why is it dark in here? Why is the makeup music on? Mm -hmm. And uh, she's like, It's time to get to work. Yeah. The thing is, she's actually a great tutor. Mm-hmm. Homer actually learns. He's able to memorize it enough because he also wants to try hard and impress her. Yeah. So is that his thing? You think Homer's really dumb, but he just doesn't apply himself? Mm. <sighs> I don't know. Again, like Homer's just like a product of his upbringing in a lot of ways. Hey, know? we all are, man. You like know, he, he just like he's just figuring it all out. But he, you know, his you know, po- some philosophers would argue that free will doesn't exist. Like his positivity is like pretty great. Yeah, and that's I think that's what attracts her to him as well. Yeah, she's tutoring him, and he says, you know, he can actually remember what she's saying when he like stares at her pretty lips, forming the words. He asks her to go to the prom. That's when she says that he's unlike anyone else she ever met because he's so positive, and I think what she says honest and. uh she says what she likes about him i guess the point is in this french session homer does pay attention and he's able to get it done and that's with marge's help Uh he's able to learn french marge says that he's amazing at it and he said that she was just amazing that he was paying attention to every word he just yeah you're telling me new stuff and minutes later it's still there and it's all thanks to you Marge, when I see you forming the vowels and consonants. 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 <laughs> He's like no one she's ever met before. Dear, honest, and open without a trace of pretension. I'll take that as a compliment. So you got me? Please say we. We. And see, he gets so excited. He tells her that's going to be the best. And she's like, well, maybe I'll wear my hair up. And then he takes it a little too far. And he reveals that he isn't taking French and he just you know wanted to get to know her better yeah and she's pissed because she says you know the city forensic finals are tomorrow and you kept me here until 1 a.m pretending to be stupid homer j simpson i hate you and she storms out and then he calls barney he's like hey barney i got a date for the prom so (laughs) he assumes the date is still on right though she stormed out (laughs) homer doesn't want to believe that marge hates him no he thinks he crushed it (laughs) Who wants to live in a world where Marge hates Homer? It's the forensics finals. Marge is falling asleep and yawning, and then Artie wins. So Marge doesn't do well on, on her forensics final, but Artie asks Marge to go to prom. Says, oh, well, I've known and respected you for eight years, so I'd be delighted to go to prom with you. Then it's the night of prom. All right. Homer shows up, and Patty and Selma are kind of rude to him at the door while Homer's there, and she's like getting ready. Then Artie shows up and says he's her date to the prom. Yeah. And then the nobody likes like, nobody likes Homer. Patty and, yeah. and Selma don't like Homer. And they're really him. nice to Artie when he shows up for no mm. reason. And then uh, I and guess then, Marge uh, comes out and it, and then Marge's dad doesn't like him either. And Marge's dad comes up again in the Fear of Flying episode, but he's not like this guy. This guy's like. Argh. He's that big grumpy guy, right? Like yeah. he's kind of got like rah, 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 that raspy voice, and then Marge's dad in the other one, he's like kind of like a thin guy with black curly hair. This guy's got brown hair, and yeah, like it's like such smoking. a stereotypical like prom like kind of teen love story in a way that they're like making fun of the trope, but also honoring it. Yeah, he's like clearly Patty and Selma's dad. Oh yeah, and then the mom looks a lot like her as well you just really see that her mom has like a purple kind of updo Mm -hmm. but but yeah and you can (laughs) see how the dad was inspired from patty and selma clearly take after their father genetically yeah so then homer goes out kind of dejected and then this is when we see Raphael. at the time he was just i guess written he was written in the script as wise guy later Raphael. he's like hey buddy what's your date right and he's like, ouch, I guess I want you to, I guess you want me to take you home? So Homer still decides he's going to go to prom by himself because mm-hmm. he already got the limo and everything. He got a, a whole 
a whole night planned out for him and Marge. Yeah, and he goes, now we make it to the prom. We see Marge's hair is finally up in her classic style. Homer's sad, and they're like, steak or chicken? Or what are they? And he's like, both? Steak or chicken? And he says, one of each, please. <laughs> Thanks. I, yeah, I was hoping you'd have that. And then Barney runs through the prom nude streaking, and then the principal's like, that guy just earned himself 10 years of detention. Yeah. And then he announces prom king and queen. And mm-hmm. it's Artie Ziff and Marge Bouvier. Yeah. And they will share their first royal dance. And then why do, why, why, then why do birds suddenly appear plays again? Or whatever the hell this song is called. Long to be so close to you. They long to be. Something like that. Uh, they long to be close to you. They long to be, I guess it's the... Then in parentheses is close to you. One of those, huh? Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's, it should. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm so. We can't get over the, the name. Parentheses is so funny, man. So Homer like goes out of, runs out of the gym wherever the prom is to cry, and Marge comes out and asks him like, "Why can't you accept that she's there with someone else?" And Homer just explains that he thinks they're meant to be together. So that's why he's still, you know, pursuing her. That's that's a big thing to say to someone. She goes from not knowing him, this guy she met in the detention. Then he's like coming into her friends at class, taking tutoring from her, doing all these things to get closer. All of a sudden it's like, wait, she's taken back initially. He's coming on a little strong maybe, or she's just like, who is this guy? Because he admits right away about the, that he didn't take pitch. It's like funny. It's like if he had not told her then, he could have been smooth sailing and just but like he's just revealed such an her later. Person. Exactly. That the thing she just said that she liked about him is that he's so honest. So here's this. And then boom, he drops it on her. Too much. And then now he's saying that they're meant to be together. Yeah, it's really sweet. It's really sad. <laughs> no, I don't know if it's really sad, but it's like really heartfelt. Yeah. That's why we like this episode. Yeah. And then these these, these little moments of just Homer getting to know Marge. Marge is like this great student and everything. And for her to kind of welcome Homer into her life is probably a pretty big deal. And, you know, her family doesn't want him there. And Yeah, know. but he really likes her and he's he's a sweet guy. And that's something we kind of talked about in the other episodes about it. Like, well, what does Marge get out of it? What does she see from him? Well, he like loves her. And apparently, I think we brought this up in another episode too. They asked the voice actress like, who plays Marge. It's Julie Kavner. They asked Julie Kavner what Marge <laughs> about Marge's love for Homer. And then she said, oh, well, Homer's really good in bed. And that's part of why she loves him, too. But this is before all that. Yeah. That's something we do appreciate the show. Like, that they are, like, actively romantic through good times and bad. They've got kids. They're stressed out. But, like, they still, you see them have that positive affection for each other. Mm-hmm. So it's this is the genesis of all of that. Homer asked the driver to take him up to Inspiration Point. Yeah, but I'm only paid to drive. Marge and Artie are in their uh, car, and Artie's getting a little frisky. Yeah, he's getting handsy and pushy, and uh, you just kind of hear it, and she's politely telling him no, and he's like, <laughs> Homer's walking home. <laughs> just kind of Isn't that what a Homer does? Walking home? They just walk home. <laughs> Marge sees Homer walking home as Artie's driving her home. Mm-hmm. That's right. So when she gets home, I guess she gets in her family's car. Oh, wait, wait, but then uh, when she gets home, her dad, uh, you know, <laughs> when that Simpson boy showed up, it took years off my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Her mom says, well, you stop it. She went out with the good one. <laughs> well, we just see Homer walking on the side of the road. And then we see a car coming up from behind, honking at him. Uh-huh. And he says, shut up. <laughs> and I'm over as far as I can go. Honks again. And he goes, all right, all right. I'll walk in the mud. And he gets in the mud and stomps. And then car stops. It's March. And she says she realizes who she would have went to prom with. Yeah, he gets in the car. She, she says, says, Homer, you want to ride? And, you know, oh, she yeah, gets yeah. in and he's says, you know, Homer, when I got home, I realized who I should have gone to prom with. And he said, oh, <laughs> who? <laughs> she puts uh, her hand on his hand, and he says, oh. And she says, hi, prom date. And then Homer takes the rose, and he ties it where Artie ripped her dress. He says, Marge, poor Boo. 
And then Homer gets a pouty face, looking out the window, goes, it goes, <sighs> and uh, Marge says, why so glum? Homer says, I got a problem. Once you stop this car, I'm going to hug you, and I'm going to kiss you, and then I'll never be able to let you go. And then it cuts to Simpsons, present day, in their TV room, Homer and Marge, with their arms around each other on the couch, says, and I never had... And they kiss. And then we pan over to Bart, who's joking himself and putting ah, his finger ah, down. Ah, 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 ah. And then the episode ends. Ah, roll and, credits. Oh, man. And tearjerker tear jerker moment. Over the credits, we have Homer singing The Joker by Steve Miller Band once again. Great episode. The first flashback one they've done. They bring in some great characters here. It's just also fun to see what young Homer and young Marge look like. They look so cool and... Uh, it's a great TV classic high school prom story. I mean, you know, the more I think about this episode, the more I like it. Mm-hmm. Not to say that I didn't like it. It's a season two, and the show really picks up. In season three. Mm-hmm. Well, here in the first two seasons, which apparently one of the writers of this episode and one of the co-creators of the show, Sam Simon, he's credited with bringing the sitcom presentation, the sitcom format to the show. When it was just... The Tracy Ullman shorts, just like clips of this family. It's just a little cartoon. But mm-hmm. it was his apparently creative vision to like make it, oh, no, it's an animated sitcom. That's what style of show it is when they're de- developing it for prime time. Right. There is kind of giving a, it that format and that those kinds of stories. There's a reset button at the end, the beginning and end of each episode. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, there are aspects of these characters that they take with them throughout yeah this. as we reveal more about who they are especially in a flashback episode and things that we see them do that you know they're like all right cool i want to say homer and marge's wedding they've had s- multiple scenarios with their wedding like it's not necessarily clear exactly how they got married there was like one where they get married at a casino and then or, or is it am i am i wrong about that have they i don't know I want to trust you. I'm inclined to usually well, think he, that you. There, I you, think you no. I think it. it's the cake or something like. Because there's one where the cake says to a whale of a wife because mm-hmm. she's pregnant, mm-hmm. and then there's a picture of Homer like eating their wedding cake, just like or something. That's what I want to say. Could be wrong. Uh, okay. This this is just off the top of my head here, guys. You I know. know. Well, there's the one where they get a second wedding. So we would be able to figure it out if we watched I Married Marge Wedding for Disaster. Yeah, Wedding for Disaster is when they have their second wedding. That's in the No, that's in the twentieth season. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, if anyone wants to tumble down that rabbit hole with me, you know, some of these origin stories they can they can have mixed narratives. So it'd be interesting to see what what actually happened and what can change depending on which episode you're watching, you know, because Marge's dad doesn't even look like that when we see him again. And I think that season six is the fear of flying episode. Yeah. There's this malleability to these characters and their lives. Their arc, what's Canon and also what it serves the story of each episode. It's kind of like our own lives, you know, it's like what happened in the past. Like kind of forget kind of one big blob <laughs> yeah it doesn't really matter it doesn't it also doesn't have to be the thing that defines you yeah you know there are other elements of your life you know if you look back on the timeline of your experiences there'll be like those kind of keystone moments hell a lot of keystone lights yeah and maybe that's why it's all one big blur yeah but <laughs> anyway you choose what defines you and this is again this, it's not the story g- about what caused them to get married being pregnant with bart was an accident they've talked about it several times but this idea is like oh well it's how they met you know it's why they're together yeah this like really this i think is solidified Mm -hmm. you know solid episode i'm gonna go ahead and say it 4.75 
Six and two donuts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, retribution. You just wish you said it last time, huh? Yeah, yeah, I know. What flavor? Each week on the show, we choose an episode, we review it, and on our score system, we have one to five donuts. Just so you know. I should have said that before, but also we give it a flavor of donuts. Again, we have the score, but we also like to give it the personal flavor. So I'm giving this one 4.62 donuts, and they're going to be punch-flavored donuts. All right. For prom. Right on. It's kind of one of those episodes where it's like doesn't not every moment lines up those one two punches and it's like oh oh jeez oh, yeah. oh it's just so funny you know but there's a lot of storyline there that's pretty interesting and pretty funny young Homer you know just thinking about you know seeing Homer with hair yeah and talking to Grandpa and just the kind of advice that he would get as a kid I'm gonna have to say four donuts as well I'm gonna say. Like the chocolate covered, like Entenmann's ones that uh-huh. you buy at the store. Like solid four, flat four. Yeah, it's like, you know, Entenmann's like nothing, donuts. you know, like, mm-hmm. like I wouldn't necessarily go for those. But when they're around, you see a box of them, you're like, all right, I can do this. Yeah, or if like you so, get excited. Or if someone else get, like puts it on, you know, and I'm like, saying, yeah, yeah, I'll sit down here and eat, eat these donuts with you. They definitely. Re- and in a way, nostalgic, because I remember like, yeah, like mm-hmm. that's the donut that maybe isn't always at home, right. but you're at your aunt, your grandma's house, mm-hmm. you see the donut and you're like, all right. Yeah. Wow. So anyway, yeah, that's what I thought I'd do. Give it four stars. All right. <laughs> and that's the uh, way we was. The way we was. Season two, episode 12. We, we did it. Oh, by the way, guys, 10th episode. Oh, we made it to number 10. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. That's yeah. Wow. It feels good here. It feels good. Donut. <laughs> it's the opposite of our hurts donut. So, well, if you're listening to this, thanks for listening. Um, it's been, it's been a hell of a ride, you know, man, dude, just think about how far we've come. <laughs> yeah, I know. We had to like, leave our bedrooms <laughs> <laughs> hey nick ask me what today's date is what's today's date march 4th my good sir <laughs> <laughs> yeah man it is march 4th i kind of think of it more as like a june 8th time mm-hmm. than like a Mar- march 4th time yeah well you know i like to think in terms of uh it's finally getting to be not as cold yeah, well, for, you know, it's just when I'm counting, you know, mm-hmm, when you're counting, I'm thinking one, two, three, four, five, six, mm-hmm. you know, not one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three. Mm-hmm. You know? Oh, it's a drummer joke. Yeah. yeah, yeah. For, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I thought it was clever. <laughs> Dude, I'm, th- I'm thinking June 8th every day, man. Why would I think March 4th? Why would I think 3-4 when I could think 6-8? Yeah, yeah, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> it's <was> pretty good. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't give you a note. I mean, that it, when you think about it, that is like perfect weather, you know. 4-4 yeah. four, four is pretty nice weather. Hey, 4-4 four, four coming up. 2-4. And also, big news, we got to mention that Futurama's coming back on Hulu. They finally gotten all the vo- voice cast on board. The, this is probably like the fifth time that show has been canceled and come back. I don't know. It's just big news in the Matt Groening world. So Groening. I'm groaning because they're bringing it back up. Uh, yeah, I'm actually not that bit. I haven't really gotten into Futurama yet. So if anyone wants to write in and uh, tell me what Futurama episodes I should watch. Yeah, now that we've crossed 10, this is an idea we've floated. I watched a good deal of Futurama when I was in high school and college because it was one of those shows that was just on all the time. Huge on Adult Swim and Comedy Central. So that's why it was eventually uncanceled, canceled, uncanceled, canceled finally bring it back again i'm interested to check it out and see how it is but i need to go back pick a classic futurama episode and show it to nick and be like all right now this is what this one's about what's good about it i have watched episodes that i like it just doesn't like stick with you i'd have to be watching it with someone i I tried watching it on my own it's not the same all right i'm gonna come up with something and maybe we'll do a special episode where we i try and sell you on futurama if you have a suggestion for which episode that should be, you can email us at headygreenterrace at gmail.com or you can call the new Hetty Green hotline at 
888-346-4629. We have a voicemail from the hotline. Should we should we play this, Nick? Yeah. All right. I think I'm going to have to drop it in in post. Hi there. Um, oh, hi. I'm a huge fan. My question is, if you were going to get brought up by any band for any song to play for them, what would it be? Any band besides Tool, I would say. <laughs> besides Tool or Foo Fighters, um, which one would it be? All right. Thank you. I mean, thank Yes. <laughs> oh, thank you so much, Anonymous Caller, for leaving that voicemail. Mm. Nick, you want to take this one first? Yeah. Katy Perry, firework. <laughs> Just uh, Wembley Stadium. Right. 80,000 people. You think you can play that song? I'm going to sing it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're not even playing the drums. No. Katy Perry points you out and says, I walk out with her like, do you ever feel like, like a, a plastic, plastic bag? We're like walking down like that long ass runway, like yeah. down like the fucking, and there's just like all this shit behind. Like, oh, it's like, that's the yeah. fucking concert. I yeah, want and to then see. like the strings like pull off your suit and you're wearing like a cool outfit. And underneath. I'm like, and I'm just like, uh, at one point we like backs leaning against each other and just like looking at each other. We're just bumping our butts together. Just, yeah. You know, and then pff, the confetti, like Maybe, yeah, and the pyrework, oh, my the pyrotechnics. Uh, I mean, think about it, man. I mean, that's 100%. Yeah, damn it, dude. That's pretty good. Mm -hmm. Wembley Stadium. Katy Perry, if you're hearing this, yeah, bring it on. I'm ready. Yeah, nice. Uh, you know, I got to go. Uh, <laughs> what's that song you want to hear? <laughs> Freebird, live in Atlanta. 15 minutes. Hand me the guitar. <laughs> I got this. Live in Atlanta, like like in the 70s or like 1975? No, tomorrow. Tomorrow, we're going to do it. What band? Uh, Is that Aerosmith? Def Leppard? <laughs> like chubby fatty. Well, you know, I was listening to that song Moby Dick the other day, and I was like, wow, Def Leppard sounds a lot better than I remember. <laughs> Is this Def Leppard 2? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, how the fuck? How the fuck they they ain't no better band than Led Zeppelin? What's up with that? Yeah, like well, no one figured that shit out yet. Bro? I mean, yeah, obviously. Wow. Dude. I mean, come on, guys. Like, let's go, Brady. You well, know, there was there was. Remember Jet? They came pretty close. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I still fuck with the darkness, man. That's a different vibe. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty good. Wolf Mother tried. The rock and roll band revival. that tries to yeah. like sound like Led Zeppelin just sucks. You know. Well, it's funny because I, I watched this interview with Dave Grohl. You know, and he's saying when he was a kid, he was like, "Oh, I'm not trying to do Led Zeppelin. I can't do that." You know, he wanted right. to make something weird and different. Uh huh. And then ultimately, you know, Foo Fighters is still like a rock and roll band. You know. Yeah. But still, just so different. It's like not even trying. It's like, oh, I'm not that good. I, I go through phases with the Foo Fighters. It's just like such guilty pleasure music. Mm -hmm. Anything that's guilty pleasure for me. I guess I go through phases with any anything and everything right now. I mean, sometimes I listen to stuff and I, I wouldn't even say it's a guilty pleasure. It's just, hey, this song popped in my head. I need to hear it. Mm -hmm. It's not always a pleasure. Sometimes it's just guilty. Dude, I, I couldn't even tell you... If I enjoy listening to Tool, sometimes it's like such work. Sometimes just listening to it, you know. I know. I'm I'm trying to figure it out. I'm like, what what's going on here? <laughs> Why do I like this so yeah, much? Yeah, and it's like the kind of music you can't just tap your foot to, you know. And when you're trying to dance to it, right. and then the beat changes. And you're, and yeah, you're like, yeah, you'd be like trying to dance, and then like, and it's just like, like, yeah, the fuck is that shit, man, guys. How do they do it? How do they make it so good? Yeah, that 20,000 people just show up night after night. This listener says, besides Tool or Foo Fighters, so ruling those out, you know, you got your Katy Perry. And I'm thinking, is it a song that you know, like you got in the back pocket, like you know you're not going to miss a note playing it? Or is it like, what's the biggest thing you'd aspire to? And what you'd aspire to is this Katy Perry. Or do you feel like you already know that song, Pitch Perfect, singing on it already? 
You want to hear it? <laughs> <laughs> Baby, you're we already sang it. You have to sing it loud. You can't sing that out of like a yeah, yeah, low yeah. dynamic. Low dynamic. I can. I'm up for the. I'm up for it. All right. So. So there you have it, folks. There you have it. If you want to call in to the Hedy Green Hotline and drop us a voicemail, that number again is 516-939-4629. You can follow us on Instagram at Hedy Green Terrace, Twitter at Hedy Green Pod. Thank you, Gunate. I've been Justin Thompson, and that's for me, myself, Justin Thompson, and my co-host, Nick Sago. <laughs> hey, everybody. How's it going? Yeah, for, from my pal Nick Salgo and me. Yeah, we're we're. Thank you so much for listening, especially if you made it to this point. That means you made it to the end of the episode. Yeah, dude, we're uh we're gonna go and listen to Tool. <laughs> yeah, you enjoy the rest of your day. I'll see you on the other side later. Bye.